Hello, and thank you for joining me on episode one of the Calm Waves podcast. In this episode, we will be going over why we are doing this podcast. We're going to talk about applied neuroscience and how it impacts our life. Why the brain tools we are using are now becoming more available to the public. Some tools that can help you with your own brain performance and the impact of head injuries on our lives. So thank you for joining us here on episode one of the Calm Ways podcast, and let's dive right in. Um, starting it off today, full day here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. The goal of this um, uh, podcast is just to talk about, um, especially this episode, is to really just talk about uh, kind of the origin stories of why we're here, why we're doing this, what's our motivation, so that uh, you as an audience can kind of uh, understand more about uh, just our goals and where we're at today in, in the process. So I'm up here at the uh, Optima up in Scottsdale with my dad. He's over there. Kind of the a first question to ask, you know, is just a you know, why are we doing this? Like, what's, what's, what's the purpose of it? So dad, if you want to, Dr. Doug, if you want to start us off with that. Well, thanks, Dal. Yeah, we're up here in the beautiful sky deck of the Optima. We've made a, a big move to come out here. And, you know, looking back at what we've done so many years and what we continue to do, is just helping people and whether it's been in sports or in private practice or in ministry or whatever it's been, um, we've, we've got a lot of years invested in helping people, helping them to achieve their dreams, helping them to uh, get through the pain they're going through or fix whatever problems they have. So I think part of the, the purpose of this podcast of Calm Waves Brain Performance Radio or whatever mm -hmm. It, it'll be called, but the purpose of this podcast is still trying to help people, hope that we have some topic or two or three topics each week that that the listener, the listening audience is going to be able to hear and say, hey, I, you know what? That's good. I do that with podcasts. I listen to podcasts to try to find answers to problems or uh, learn new things because I know that my best learning and my best thinking and my habits have brought me to this place in my life. And if I want to go to a different place, a better place in my life, I have to hear new thoughts, different thoughts from my own. I have to create new habits. I have to get outside input, coaching, teaching, whatever it might be. So wisdom from somebody else so that I can go to the next level. So we hope that that we'll be talking about in these podcasts will help somebody else who's listening be able to go to the next level, whatever it is that, that they want to do, whatever their dreams are, whatever their problems are, that they can they can get over them and and get to the next level. Absolutely, I, I know we were, we we're texting back and forth this morning just about um, just some words and just some things about you know what is this podcast going to look like and um, what I loved what you which you texted me this morning was uh, strategies, uh, applied neuroscience, technologies, and total commitment. 
So going to, to the applied neuroscience, what, is, what does that mean? There's a lot of research going on about the human brain right now. The last 10 years, 15 years, uh, billions of dollars have been invested in the, the genome project and the human brain mapping project uh, by the government, by National Institute of Health, National Institute of Mental Health. Uh, we're trying to find out how our brain works, how our body works at deeper and deeper and deeper levels. So neuroscience has been looking to see how to enhance brain performance for years. And we live in the age of the, the brain. Uh, this is an amazing well, since 2000, but certainly the last 10 years, the, the advancements in understanding the human brain and how to optimize it, this is, this is the time to be alive if you're interested in having your brain work better. So the technologies that we have, that we've acquired, that, that we are using are in that category. And some of it is the technologies can be 50 years old. Neurofeedback started in the 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. and the, the idea of applying biofeedback to brain performance. Um, these are old thoughts, but as computers get faster and faster and faster, and mm -hmm. what used to be technology that only NASA could use, and now people can go down to Walmart and buy it, it seems. You know, it's just it's just an amazing mm -hmm. time to be working on the brain. So we take the best of neuroscience in terms of brain performance mm -hmm. and optimization and apply it with our clients. Uh, so whether it's people are at this end of the bell curve and they want to get up over the hump, they've had a concussion or they have some other trauma, uh, brain trauma, emotional trauma, what, whatever it might be, we want to help people get up over that. And then for those who are on this side of the bell curve and want to be the elite of the elite because their contract depends on it, they're making a team depends on it, whatever it might be, then we want to help those people as well with that elite peak performance kind of training. And this neuroscience is studying all of it and people create tools to make all of those things happen, and we happen to apply that learning and those tools. Why do you think that these tools are not as widely used today in you know common practice or common kind of uh, team organizations or you know kind of part of a routine that somebody in the sports world would already go through? Well, that's a great question. There are, I, I think, a number of different reasons for that. One is that some of these things, let's, let's, um, some of these brain biofeedback or neurofeedback tools have become popularized and really simplified, and they're available on Amazon. So we'll probably find most athletes have a $300 neurofeedback thing. That, that accomplishes some benefit. Uh, what, what we have is 
you know, $20,000 neurofeedback things that accomplish much, much more. And our clinical tools, they're, they're applied clinically. Um, hospital tools and FDA approved, and they're not brain toys, which have their value, but they're, they're much more intense. Why aren't they used by teams? You know, there is something about a bureaucracy whether it's a sports team, a university athletic department, a church, a government bureaucracy, a big corporation, whatever, innovation is just really difficult. It is not in the best interest of the bureaucracy to have innovation. It's in the best interest of the entrepreneurs, the owners, the people who want to take the company from here to there. But for the mid-level management, for the bureaucrats, uh, the people who were hired just to maintain status quo, n innovation is not on their list. So you hear a lot in organizations of, of a variety of sorts of, we've never done it like that here before. So it just slams the door on, well, we got, we got 10 ways for you to do what you're doing better. Well, we've never done it like that here before. So, so I think it's just hard for a Major League Baseball team, a, a National Football League team, uh, to, to say, I'm going to adopt some things new and better right now. They, they seem, I mean, the nature of a bureaucracy is let somebody else do it first. Mm -hmm. And if they're successful, then, then we'll consider it. We'll have a staff meeting about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll think about it for a year or a season. And it's very few teams that say, do it now. You get a new mm -hmm. coach who comes into Seattle and he says, we're going to do this now. Mm -hmm. right, that was you know, a few years back with them. Uh, they're sort of cutting edge with it. Pete Carroll. Um, yeah. Pete Carroll, Seahawks. Seahawks, right? Seahawks. yeah. So it, it, takes, it takes an entrepreneurial person to come in and say, we're just going to do this completely different than it's ever been done before. You think of, you know, all right, so Vince Lombardi's from my era because I'm that old. And Vince Lombardi came into the Green Bay Packers. The story is told. I wasn't there. But his first day on the job, and he has this team meeting, and he says two things are true. One is we are going to win the National Football League championship. And the second is only half of you are going to be on the team to see that happen. Hmm. Which half are you going to be? Hmm. Hmm. Well, that shook up everything. Hmm. All of a sudden, business as usual is over. Yeah. That we're going to have to play and think at a whole different level for me to be on the part of the team that's going to move forward because he's going to cut half of us. Hmm. So very few leaders do that. I think most leaders in bureaucracies get hired to perform a job, but man, if they stand out too much and they don't win the championship, they're gone. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just the nature of the job. I, I don't care where you are mm -hmm. in a professional sports team or at the athletic department of a school or at a church or at the department of motor vehicles. That's just the way it is that you just keep your job. Yeah, probably a culture-wise. I mean, if you have a culture that is 
promoting that and looking for those things, um, they're probably going to have more, you know, a lot more failures because they're going to try something out and maybe it didn't work or it wasn't the right timing or anything like that. But I think of the, you know, one of my favorite movies is Moneyball talking about Billy Bean and, you know, that, that just uh-huh. that story of him taking a chance and going, all right, I'm going to rebuild a team. I'm going to do this differently. And, um, I love the quote, one of the, he's, he's having a conversation with, um, uh, GM of the, or the owner of the Boston Red Sox. And they're about to make him the you know highest paid GM. Um, and he says, the first guy through the wall is always the bloodiest. Meaning the people that want to innovate, or they want to do something different, there's going to be some pain that goes along with it. And as you said, going into the Roxy standpoint, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you're just trying to, you know, kind of, kind of keep your job um, rather than trying to, you know, push and innovate. And um, that's why I think, you know, for, for us and what we're able to do is, is we're not in that type of mode. We can be able to innovate at a uh, personal level. And that's, what's exciting is to be kind of outside of those walls um, and still have an impact on those performers within those organizations and within those um, teams, or if they're, you're a solo person too, I mean, a golfer or a tennis player, or, um, but the people who are in those team environments, we can still have an impact on them. Um, but it's just from the outside in. Um, so that, that's what. Um, exactly right. It's, it's so much. What we do is, is, I don't know if it's unique, but it's pretty rare. And so it's much better for us to work with individual entrepreneurs who happen to be professional athletes. Mm-hmm. It's better for us to work with them than organizations. Not that I would be opposed to working with organizations and we'll be connecting mm-hmm. with some organizations asking if they want to do this. But ideally, it is individual players who understand the value of their performance, both personally and to their families and to their contracts. And they just want I, I, their performance to, mm-hmm. to be enhanced. I think something that I've seen just coming from the, you know, the environment of uh, software and just the ease of use kind of side of things, um, I think what a barrier to entry as well into this next kind of space from a brain performance standpoint is ease of use where on the clinical side you have to have entire rooms dedicated you have to have training dedicated you have to have you know degrees dedicated and so it's 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 a harder to to come up, um, upon these types of technologies or or whatever they are uh, but um but as the things get easier as these technologies, as you said before, computers get faster, um, the application of it becomes more of a mobile environment or a remote environment. Um, I think people will grasp that more. Um, people will be able to um, add that a part of their routine more. Um, and that's you know a goal that we're trying to do too, is trying to live in the world that they live in, um, rather than them having to spend time to come see us. Um, so I think that's, that's an exciting thing, but yeah, I mean, from when you were, you doing this 30 years ago from today, there, there has been an improvement in the, um, ease of use, I would say of those, of those different types of products. Oh, absolutely. 
30 years ago, uh, imagine what a computer looked like 30 years ago. And the internet access, we picked up a phone and stuck it into a box and heard these tones yeah. come out and they would connect over a phone line and that was called a modem. Uh, yeah, things were much different 30 years ago, but still the concept was powerful. Mm -hmm. And and when it comes to neurofeedback, the concept, like any biofeedback concept, mm -hmm. if you can tell the person in pretty much real time, nothing's real time, but in just a, you know, one 256th of a second, you tell the person what their body's doing, whether it's heart rate or skin temperature or blood flow or brain waves, muscle tension, whatever it is. If you tell the person what their body's doing and fairly short period of time people can learn to change and control that so heart rate variability for stress management it's very common people get feedback on their heart rate and somebody says slow it down speed it up mm -hmm. learn how to control your your heart mm -hmm. rate blood flow and so on so those are the those are the tools we started with 30 years ago was blood flow and skin temperature and then uh, brain waves. And they were very powerful. We were teaching people how to decrease the amplitude, the energy, the amplitude for distracted brain waves, for b fuzzy thinking brain waves, and how to increase the energy in in the zone brain waves or focused brain waves or alertness brain waves. And that's how this thing started. And the application was was wide from people with head injuries or anxiety disorders or uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder to professional athletes, pilots, NASA, um, test pilots out at Edward Air Force Base. All of these guys were, you know, benefited from it. And now here we are 30 years later and I've got my cell phone. It's 10 times faster of a processor than what the big computers we had back then mm -hmm. are. It's amazing. Talk a little bit about, um, I, I know there's, there's a huge thing about um, mental performance and mental health. And, you know, those, those types of, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about it. There's a lot of, you know, more tension of, of anything. Um, you know, you're, you know, doctored in this stuff and you deal with this at a, you know, a very, uh, you know, high level. What is, you know, your take on one, you know, the mental health space uh, coupled with, you know, the brain performance space? I mean, how, how do those kind of work together, um, in, you know, with each other? Well, at the... At the back end of it, the side of the bell curve side of it, any kind of a trauma, whether it's a concussion, and, and most people have had concussions. I mean, I, I figure all the people I've talked to, probably the average is three legit concussions, and I mean legit like 
you know, let's go to the hospital or let's wake up tomorrow or something, concussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care who you are. Uh, people suffer concussions. I, I have a colleague back in Roseman, California, working with a client who had over 50 concussions. I'm thinking, what is wrong with this person? But 50 concussions. So I guess that's possible to have that many. But anything like a concussion, uh, a traumatic brain injury from an auto accident or whatever, um, or emotional kinds of traumas, PTSD from the way we were raised, combat, um, just emotional kinds of traumas can limit brain performance. They all limit brain performance. They create a box around what level we can perform at. And if that box could be deconstructed, if you could break that box apart, then a person can go to the next level or two levels or three levels farther in their performance. So that's one part of mental health is is trauma. We'll just put it in the category of trauma. And physical or emotional traumas limit performance. Uh, another part of it is things like anxiety, where it's very common. And whether a player calls it the yips, that's a golfing term from the 80s. And uh, but it's it's this kind of uh, performance anxiety. It it comes when you are actually doing what. God made you to do. You're playing golf, you're playing baseball, you're playing whatever, and and you have this momentary anxiety that inhibits your ability to perform, limits your ability to perform. And then there are a hundred other kinds of anxieties that just because you're a professional athlete doesn't mean that you're not susceptible to things that cause anxiety in the general population or things that cause depression in the general population or things that cause or ADHD in the general population. What percentage of baseball players is prescribed Ritalin for ADHD? It's got to be something like 15 or 18% of Major League Baseball players. Whether they have it or not, or just want to use stimulant medication, I can't tell you. But I do know, like we had a a pitcher at the university that I coached at who signed with the Phillies and had a 15-year Major League career with a number of teams and he was as ADD as the day is long, but he was six, five and could throw 98 miles an hour and nobody cared that, but I would watch him throw. He would have been an awesome relief pitcher, but he was great for five innings. But in the sixth inning, he'd get this brain fade and he'd get lit up in the sixth and seventh innings. um, Because he couldn't focus that long. He couldn't concentrate. He just couldn't do it. So professional athletes and entrepreneurs come from the same population pool we all do, right? And we're susceptible to to all of this stuff. Dan Sullivan, who is a tremendous business coach that that any of the entrepreneurs who are listening know who Dan Sullivan is. Mm -hmm. And he says that of the, he only works with entrepreneurs. And he estimates that half of all the entrepreneurs that he has ever worked with over the past 40 years are diagnosable with ADHD. Half. 
see the world different, work within the world differently, don't like to sit down at a desk and and grind it out for a week. They just don't do that. They want to go do something different, change the world, have a different kind of lifestyle because their brain requires it. Some people are bankers and some people are hunters. And the bankers mm-hmm. just maintain stuff, keep it going. They're bureaucrats and they're naturally born that way. And other people are hunters and they go out and they do not come back until they bring the village meat for the winter. Mm-hmm. And that's probably half of the entrepreneurs in the world and many professional athletes are in that category. So so if we can work at those things and enhance them so that they're not a problem, but in mm-hmm. fact they are a uh, pathway to greater success, then that's part of, I think, what you're asking with mental health and performance is instead of these things being limiting, the things that are limiting, we can improve, fix, get rid of, um, but the things that can be used to help propel somebody forward, we, we want to use this. You know, you know that formula, um, that tennis coach, you, you can quote that better than me, but it's, it's the idea Tim, that... Tim, Tim Galloway at uh, Intergame and Tennis. Yeah, yeah, it's an old formula that many yeah. of the listeners are familiar with, is, is your performance comes from this equation. It's your potential minus interference in your life equals your actual performance. Mm-hmm. So the potential, the athlete, the, the entrepreneur enhances their potential by lifting weights, by getting in shape, by working with trainers, by doing nutrition, by uh, listening to podcasts. Entrepreneurs are talking to Dan Sullivan or Joe Polish or a number of other uh, people in the business realm, and that enhances their potential. Then you have the part of the equation of interference. What are the things that hold you back? And that's the list. Whether it's something, concussion, something physical with your brain, uh, anxiety, fear, um, you know, the list can go on and on. Lies that we believe about ourselves or about other people. Uh, what, whatever it might be, that uh, those things hold us back. And so if we can get rid of those, fix those, however that's done, and increase your potential, then, man, your performance then just takes off and goes to the next level. Mm-hmm. What um, As we kind of wrap it up here right now, and that car goes by really fast, um, what what is it that you as you know kind of as we take this journey uh, as you take this journey what are the things that you want um, as we can kind of you know listen back to this what is what are the things that you want the listeners of this podcast to you know take away like what are some things that maybe you're, you're hoping for that you know somebody would listen to this and go okay I can actually apply this to my life there are a number of ways to go to the next level. And that's that Tim Galloway equation. Number of important things, number of important habits to have, things to do, commitments to make in order to do what it takes to improve your potential. 
and there are a number of tools available in this world to help decrease the interference so that you can have better performance, better outcomes. What, what we provide are, are some of those tools that have to do with brain performance. Some of it is mental coaching. I mean, my doctorate's in psychology. So a lot of it is just looking at what are our beliefs and are they based on truth or lies? If they're based on the lies, hey, how do we get rid of that? What are the fears that hold us back? And so on, the psychology of it. But the tools that we have, the, the applied neuroscience tools, the neurofeedback, whether it's brainwave or whether it's blood flow, whatever it might be, these tools help to improve brain performance, the way your brain actually works. And, and, and they can be measured. We, we have a number of, of psychological, neurological tests that people can take, whether it's from Cambridge Brain Sciences in Toronto, Canada, or um, test of variables of attention, or the impact concussion test, whatever it might be, that we can measure improvement in neurological performance, brain, brain and central nervous system functioning. And it can be measured and it can be felt and it can, it can be amazing at what it does for people. So whether it's a, a third grader failing school and all of a sudden six months later he's getting all A's and B's or whether it's a hockey player who has had enough uh, head injuries and has ADHD that he, he just can't focus or concentrate and, and all of a sudden he's on the peak in his life and has ambition and is doing things, creative things he never dreamed of doing before, whatever it might be, it's just helping the brain and the central nervous system work better. So that's where the applied neuropsychology, the applied neuroscience comes into play with the tools that we use in, in calm waves. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my goal for this is, is I think as we start to explore the different subjects and the different um, areas is just to have this really open, honest discussion about, you know, brain performance and how it affects our lives. I mean, I think through my learning about this and, and you know, going through it and living it in, in different aspects from, you know, concussions to PTSD to, you know, all of those types of things and how these tools have helped me is to, is to really tell people that, you know, there are, there is help available. Um, you know, when, when we, when yeah, we just tell me real quickly, what was, uh, what was your favorite concussion? Um, getting drilled in the, in the head with a line drive, um, in junior college, um, taking, playing third, taking ground balls in practice. There's a net in front of us, guy rolling it, just doing double play balls. Um, and I stepped back behind the net guy hits a, I don't, I don't know why the coach never did this afterwards, live batting practice during people taking ground balls, not paying attention. And I just stepped far enough behind the net that a guy hit a line drive, cut enough top spin over the net, drilled me in the, in the, in the head, um, knocked me down. I didn't even, I honestly didn't feel it. I just felt my body just crumble and fall to the ground and um, toes up, um, try to get up, be a tough man and just fell back down. Um, and 
the, the coach came over to me and asked me, how many fingers am I holding up? I said, four. And he goes, oh, no. I said, oh, it's just two. Said, Don't mess with me right now. Um, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, I mean, that was, that was probably my, my most um, recent and pronounced one. Um, you know, kind of, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in that concussion. Um, but, but I do know that, you know, the tools that we use, um, you know, really helped me, um, with my anxiety and, uh, clarity of thought. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's exciting and important for me to be able to share that with other people. Um, and so I think that's what you know makes me really excited about, you know, just talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the, um, space of, um, I don't have a degree in, um, anything in the neuro side of things. Um, I've been with people, I understand people. Um, and you know, my goal is to, is to look at these technologies and look at these processes and go, okay, how do we make them better? How do we apply them better? And then how do we talk with people who are the experts in the space, um, that, you know, have the degrees and have the, um, uh, experience, uh, to be able to help people. So, um, that's, that's really my goal with this podcast and which I'm, I'm super excited about. And certainly you're not unique in having been knocked down mm-hmm. or knocked out. Uh, probably most of the people listening to this type of podcast have, have had that experience and may still be suffering from the, the impact of that, the trauma on the brain of that and it plays out in a hundred different ways sometimes nominally what can i say like not being able to focus well having anxiety about not being able to focus well or just generalized anxiety or uh difficulty reading or writing or whatever that you didn't have prior to mm-hmm. so it's that but for a number of people it is rage uh, drinking heavily to try to keep the rage demons down and and uh, breaking up relationships and be- just becoming the world's biggest jerks or whatever that head injuries do things to us. The part of our brain that says, I wouldn't do that if I were you, is often mm-hmm. the part of the brain that's injured. Mm-hmm. And so people are now doing things they never would have done had their Mm -hmm. brain not been injured. So these are people we can also help. Um, Been doing it for a lot, a lot of years and now moving into Scottsdale and moving into this arena of professional athletes and entrepreneurs. Same thing, we can can do the same thing. That we can help a lot of people and that's why why we're here. Yep, Yep. I know we're gonna go into a lot of deeper subjects and I know we've, we've, kind of went on the surface on a lot of different things talking about a lot of different subjects but i you know be excited to, to be able to to jump into more you know spend a whole podcast on you know mental performance versus brain performance or um goals and, and, and uh, motivations and purpose and um just talking about the latest you know greatest and um, inviting guests on to talk about mental performance and how it works in their lives and um, so yeah, we're, we're, I'm excited to, to jump into all of those different subjects. Yeah, this would be great. 
All right. Until next time. Okay. Thank you. Signing off. Now.